Life doesn't frighten me at all. By Maya Angelou. Shadows on the wall. Noises down the hall. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Bad dogs barking loud. Big ghosts in the cloud. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Mean old mother goose. Lions on the loose. They don't frighten me at all. Dragons breathing flame on my counterplane. That doesn't frighten me at all. I go boo, make them shoo. I make fun, way they run. I won't cry, so they fly. I just smile, they go wild. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Tough guys in a fight, all alone at night. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Panthers in the park, strangers in the dark. No, they don't frighten me at all. That news classroom where boys pull my hair. Kissy little girls with their hair in curls. They don't frighten me at all. Don't show me frogs and snakes and listen for my scream. If I'm afraid at all, it's only in my dreams. I've got a magic charm that I keep up my sleeve. I can walk the ocean floor and never have to breathe. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Not at all, not at all. Life doesn't frighten me at all. Life Doesn't Frighten Me by Maya Angelou. Welcome to the Composition Podcast, episode three. It is your host, Dermain. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed that poem as much as I did. It's actually from a children's poetry book written by Maya Angelou, edited by Sarah Jane Boyers, and illustrated by John Michelle Basquiat. I'm pretty sure most of you listening, if you are listening, know exactly who that is. Um, I chose that poem for this last week going into February because, you know, I hope everybody's in the right mindset, right headset, and, you know, continuing whatever New Year's resolution that you made for yourself. Um, All too often, immediately once we start that first month or that first two weeks, we let doubt back in and we let fear back in. So I I wanted to read that poem to help reset our mindsets. If we do have any fear that's creeping in early on into the year, it's good to get rid of that while we're here. Don't let anything frighten you. Keep going forward, keep pushing forward, that's important. And then for our book this week, um, that's a really big reoccurring theme. Fighting your fear, conquering your fear. So I think that poem goes hand in hand with my book for this month, so I'm glad I could share that with you. Um, It's been a really busy week really busy two weeks in sports. If you're in the sports, we're not going to go too deep into them, but I just want to start off by saying happy retirement to Ben Roethlisberger. As a huge Steelers fan, I've been watching him for the better part of my life, as long as I can fucking remember, since like 04, 05. So I definitely want to say happy retirement to Ben. Um, I know a lot of people still hate Ben. Depending on what side of the fence you stand on, I completely understand it, but I'm not here for that. I just want to say happy retirement. 
Um, aside from him retiring, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs completely obliterated my Steelers. It was fucking heartbreaking because first quarter it actually looked like we had a chance, but whatever. Aside from that, uh, Tennessee Titans lost. Of course, not shocking. Ryan Tannehill blew it again. Um, he actually played a decent game to begin with. So, shout out to Ryan Tannehill, even though you blew it. Raiders blew it. Packers blew it. Fucking <laughs> NFL, yo. Cowboys blew it, of course. Whatever. Let's get into some pop culture for this week, all right? First, I want to say rest in peace to Lucia Harris. Lucia Harris hailed from Mentor City, Mississippi. She was born February 20th, 1955, and she stood six feet, three inches tall. She used that height to establish herself as a pioneer in women's basketball. Today in the sport of women's basketball, we regale at the legacies of stars like Candace Parker, Amaya Moore, and the success of teams like the famous Yukon Huskies. But before those ladies, and even before the NCAA itself, Lucia Harris-led teams managed to win three consecutive championships in the Association for Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, or the AIAW. Today, she is the first woman to ever be drafted by the NBA in the seventh round with 137th pick and the first woman inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame in 1992. So clearly she is a phenomenal trailblazer, not only for women's athletes, not only for black athletes, but for athletes, period. So rest in peace to Lucia Harris, and thank you for the legacy that you've left for us. In other news, starting January 19th, 2022, U.S. government is working in tandem with the USPS for Americans to have up to four free COVID testing kits sent directly to their front door. Like I said, for free. At the beginning of this entire pandemic, testing was like the biggest issue. You couldn't really go anywhere to get tested because there was always a million people there. They were running out of tests. It took a week or so for you to get your results back. It was a complete fucking mess. So to see that we're at the point where you can actually get Four kits sent directly to your front door for your own convenience. Absolutely amazing. It actually just shows how far we can get if we actually just use our heads and use our resources together instead of just panicking and pulling everything apart. But what do I know? You can get those uh, COVID testing kits at covidtest.gov. That's C-O-V-I-D-T-E-S-T dot G-O-V for your people that can't read. Again, you can get those free testing kits, covidtest.gov. Please go get those. Stay safe. And if you don't believe in it, then fuck. What do I know, right? Yeah, it's all good. The third book of the month for the month of January is going to be Beauvalet by Georgette Hare. Uh, it took me a minute to get this name down. I kept calling her Georgette Hare. Now, I've come to learn that that is not it. I've come to learn that in a really rude way, but it's Georgette Hare, not Hire. So, Beauvalet is going to be the book for this week. Um, I really enjoyed reading this book all the way through. The fucking main character, El Beauvalet, Nicholas Beauvalet, is a wonder to read about. Um, the confidence that he has, the fearlessness that he has, is really something I truly aspire to be like. Um, I think all too often, me personally, either anxiety or fear 
either keeps me from doing something or keeps me from trying my absolute best. Those two things and the fear of embarrassment, which I think I've grown out of as I got as I've gotten older. But I think it's important to conquer those three things. Fear of embarrassment, fear of fear and fear of failing for sure. And those are three things that Georgette Hayer touches on with the character in each chapter, like repeatedly. She she drills it into you that he's fearless, that he believes in himself 110 percent. And I truly love this book because of that. I aspire to be like that. So let me tell you a little bit more about her. Georgette Hayer is known as the originator of historical fiction. She was born in London, where she would live out majority of her very, very private life. Hayer's first book was published in 1921, and by 1932, she would release a romance and a thriller novel annually to establish her as a respected, meticulous writer in both fields. In 1935, she would release the acclaimed Regency Buck novel, which is seen as the birth of the entire Regency genre altogether. She would be a well-respected author, loved for her her intense attention to historical detail up until her death in 1974. Today, she has over 50 books in total circulating around the world. Go check them all out. This book, Beauvillet, was originally, originally published in 1929 by Longman Greens in the United States. It is 272 pages covered to the acknowledgments. I know that 272 might not sound like a lot at first, but when you begin to read in the form of writing that is given in the book, you kind of understand that that 272 seems like a little bit more. You'll see if you read for sure. I chose this book as a recommendation. One of the regulars at one of my jobs knows I'm a book junkie and she knows that I love to read each and every day, especially anything about history. So she brought me this book. She warned me that, you know, it would take a little time for me to adjust to the vocabulary, but I think I was really excited by the challenge. So I took it and I enjoyed it. So thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Himmeral and Bethesda. I really do appreciate the gift and I want to gift it to you all listeners. So let's get started with this excerpt. It's going to be from pages 173 to 177. So if you have the book, pull it out and let's get going. You feel me? Perinat's head was jerked up instantly. He broke off in the middle of a sentence. Maja de Dios, I should know that voice. What witchcraft is this? He said hoarsely. Dominica began to talk feverishly, but she was not heeded. Perinat had stepped quickly forward and was staring at Beauvillet's profile like one who could not believe his eyes. Sir Nicholas was talking to his Andalasian friend. Numb with horror, Dominica saw the characteristic movement of the back-flung head and heard the gay laugh that could never be forgotten. Ah, the sound, hardly more than a gasp, came from Don Maxia. His hand was fumbling at his sword hilt. Sangre de Dios, am I in my senses? Do I dream? El Beauvillet? The name was shouted. Sir Nicholas swung round of instinct, but in this was nothing singular. There was scarcely a man present who did not spin about at the sound of that dread name flung across the room. Dominica saw the quick glance sweep the group by the door. Sir Nicholas saw Perinat standing livid and staring. 
but only the veriest flash of recognition came into his eyes. Don Rodriguez was bewildered, as was everyone, but found his tongue sooner than the rest. What do you say, Perinette? Are you mad? Who? What? It is he. It is Beauvalet. Beauvalet's self, I tell you. Sangre de Dios. Do I not know him? Have I not cause? Shall I ever forget that face or that laugh? Body of God, our dog, our villain, at last, at last. The startled whisper, El Beauvalet, El Beauvalet, ran through the room. Perinette's shaking hand pointed straight at Sir Nicholas. Amazed faces peered. Those near Beauvalet fell back suddenly, and more than one hand felt for a sword hilt. Only Sir Nicholas stood unmoved, an eyebrow raised in mid-surprise, a look of interrogation on his face. But, but that is the Chevalier de Guise, some would say in a dazed voice. How should El Beauvalet be in Spain? I tell you it is he, I, Maxia de Perinet, who had fought with him hand to hand. Perinet's words seemed to jostle one another. Lay hands on him. Will you let him escape? I swear on the cross it is El Beauvalet. Perinet's misfortunes have turned his brain, whispered the Andalusian. Dominica stepped forward a pace. Why, what are you saying, Don Maxia? That is not Beauvalet. Her voice was perhaps unnaturally calm. I should know surely. This man is certainly not he. There was a movement behind her. Don Diego's hand gripped her wrist. Ah, Jade, I have it at last, he said fiercely. This is El Beauvalet, this flaunting chevalier. And he is your lover. There was a buzz of excited whispering. Someone moved to the door as though to guard it. Beauvalet's voice cut through the subdued babble. God's life, I am flattered, he said. And even in the midst of her sick terror, Dominica could exult in the cool amusement in his tone and worship the iron nerve that could keep him careless and mocking still. Do you take me for El Beauvalet, senor? Jesting dog of a pirate, are you not he? Ah, do you look me in the face and say you are not he? What need? This is moon madness, senor. Or you are cup shotting. If I were Beauvalet, what in God's name should I hope to make here? I believe him. Don Diego was at Perinette's side. There is more to this Chevalier de Guise than we know. I will tell you what you hope to make, pirate. You hope to snatch my cousin away. I see it all now. But you shall go to perdition on my sword's point first. He dragged his sword from the scabbard as he spoke and sprang forward. There was a hiss of steel, the glint of candlelight on a blue shimmering blade. Beauvalet's leaping sword was out, a true piece from the hand of Sahagam of Toledo. Don Diego's thrusting point was caught on the swift blade and beaten aside. Beauvalet sprang back to the wall and stood facing his assailant. Dominica saw the gleam of white teeth as he smiled. Well, gentlemen, well, I await you. Is there any other will come to Don Diego's assistance? If I am El Beauvalet, it will take a many and a many. Stand back, stand back, this is for me, Perinette cried, 
and thrust Don Diego aside. Measure your sword with mine yet once again, pirate. Do you remember how the deck was slippery beneath your feet? Ah, do you remember, dog? He snatched at his dagger and bore down on Beauvalet, a weapon in either hand. Hold off your madman, said Sir Nicholas. Perchance I may do him a mischief. So, so, senor. Gently then, and keep your guard. He saw Don Diego advancing on him from the, from the side and shifted to face him, holding Perinat at check. Novelli, master of the house, was shocked out of his stupefaction and rushed forward, pulling out his sword. What more, said Sir Nicholas, oh brave, I'm well matched indeed. Hold, hold, Novelli cried and beat up the swords. What are you crazy, Perinet? Put up, put up, young senor. Put up, I say. This in my house? Shame. Shame on you both. Seize on him, Perinet gasped. Seize on him, I tell you. Will you let him go, you fools? It is El Beauvillet. Beauvillet stood leaning lightly on his rapier and laughing as though he found the situation irresistibly amusing. Peace, senor, gray beard. I am still here. He laughs at you. See how he mocks, Perinet cried, almost beside himself. Put my words to the test. Call the guard. Call in the guard. Diego put up his sword. Yes, let the guard be called in, he said. We will sift this to the bottom. Ho there, call in the guard. Novelli turned quickly. Do you give orders in my house, Don Diego? But many voices took up the cry. Yes, let the guard be summoned. Let the matter be looked into, Novelli. If Perinet is mistaken, the Chevalier will pardon it. If he speaks sooth, nay, have in the guard. Novelli looked uncertainly at Beauvalet, torn between his feelings as a host and his suspicions. Behind Beauvalet was a phalanx of men watching for the least sign of an attempt to escape. And Beauvalet held his sword between his hands and laughed. I, I should send, send for the, for the guard, senor, he said. Chevalier, you will pardon such seeming rudeness, Novelli said, seriously put out. With all my heart, senor, Beauvalet answered lightly. His glance flickered to Dominica's face of despair. His hand went to his beard, and for an instant a finger lay across his lips. He saw her eyes fall and knew that she had understood. Someone had sped forth to call the guard. Sir Nicholas turned his head and seemed amused to see so many gathered between him and the door. God's my life. You hold this Beauvalet a desperate man, do you not, senors? He said. Perinat put up his sword. His first wild passion had died down. He spoke calmly now, but with great bitterness. Desperate indeed, must you be to dare come into Spain, he said. You have made a jest of me and of others, Beauvalet. But he who laughs last may laugh the longest. Beauvalet's eyes glinted. The last laugh, senor, is certainly going to be mine, he said. You say that I am Beauvalet, but there is yonder who says I am not, and it seems she should know. She doesn't know, Don Diego said ignoring a warning look from his mother. You cannot fool us thus, dog. Enough of that, again Novelli intervened. 
This is for other interrogation than yours, Don Diego. Hold your peace, I command you. If we do you an injustice, Chevalier, I hope you will be kind enough only to laugh at us. You may be sure of it, senor, said Sir Nicholas. We shall all laugh. Again, his glance flirted to Dominica's face. Let no one be ill at ease. This affair will have a happy ending. Don't doubt it. There came a stir by the door and the clank of spurred heels. Aha, the guard. Now by my faith, you count El Beauvalet a dangerous fellow. As I live, the guards of the Castile and a round dozen of them. He was surrounded. The lieutenant, who wore a face of incredulous wonder, bowed stiffly. Senor, I regret. I must ask you for your sword. It was presented him, hilt foremost. Senor, be good enough to go with us. With the greatest pleasure on earth, Senor Lieutenant, said Beauvalet. He looked towards the Andalusian. Don Juan, it seems I may have to forego my game of true coast with you tomorrow, and maybe some other engagements I had made. Accept my apologies, for all the other engagements that I have for later dates shall certainly be kept. Senor, lead on. He went out, close guarded, but his voice echoed still in Dominica's ears. The engagements that I have for later dates shall certainly be kept. Shall certainly be kept. So that is going to be it for my excerpt from the story. Again, it is called Beauvalet by Georgette Hare. One of her 50, over 50 stories that she's published in her long career, so shout out to her. Um, this book, it's a little bit of an adjustment if you're not really used to Regency writing or old English script, but again, a really engaging story. If you love adventure, then you're definitely gonna fall in love with this story really, really fast. Uh, Beauvalet kinda reminds me, or he has a quality that I wish I could activate more of myself, but I definitely have it in me. It's his carelessness, but still his his ability to be calculated with every move. He's so free of worry because he already has his actions planned out. It's kind of like fucking, uh, what's that Denzel Washington movie? He's like the equalizer, really, this entire story. So definitely go check that out. Let me know what you think about it. Um, my review is going to be on my website at dermain.com. Um... Yeah, I think that's probably going to be it for my storytelling today. Definitely go enjoy that. And enjoy this new track that I'm about to play for you. It is from a good friend of mine named Nate Slacks. Well, this track actually isn't new. It's going to be new to you, pretty old to me. Um, he released it a few years ago in honor of Malcolm X. And because we're about to turn into Black History Month, it's only right. So go check him out at N-A-T-E-S-L-A-K-Z on Instagram. He's been working on my music for as long as I can remember. Really has been helping me hone my skills as far as music production and engineering. So I appreciate him for that and get into this track. It is called X. 911 operator Harris, where is your emergency? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Somebody kicked in the door inside my girlfriend. Okay, how old is your girlfriend? She's a 26. You said 26? Where was she shot at? I don't know. She's on the grill right now. I don't know. 
This morning with a burning in my chest Not really sure of my future Who knows what happens next One minute everything's cool Chilling and vibing And suddenly this line Deceit and arguments with no compromising It's not surprising Been fighting my whole life I was told if God got you Then everything is alright They still question what's real or not Would the world be as messed up If there really was a God that's no offense to the true believers in Jesus, but Jesus, we need you when police beat us, pull out the heaters and then leave us bleeding. Tragic when we discover a person of color dead because of a weapon no one recovered. They fishing rivers of our mother's tears, but we refuse to live in fear, surviving while we are here. These demons, they hate me, they chase me, trying to rape me, break me, shoot me in the back, cause they're not man enough to face me lately. I feel like the world has been against me. My eyes are so been looking empty. I don't know what's gotten in me. Praying someone can hear me. I'm just beginning to live, so don't let this racist hatred in me. I have a passion that's everlasting for rapping. And some of the fattest asses, they turn me into a rabbit savage. The black you jackman, my fetish with lettuce supposedly brings me relish. I'm skeptic because I've been chasing my dream, but I always fail to catch it. Attracting negative attention. Not to mention my rebuttals at the law, reflective and attentive menace. Why do I need their acceptance? Because their preference is that a nigga be shooting hoops or rhyming a reference, creating hustles just to make it by. Needing more than my nine fives, so I'm getting my people high. Barely walking, but I wanna be fly. So I give them that stuff that make them demand more of my supply. The system hate niggas. Oprah is an exception. Been stressing since adolescence, fighting depression. Every day is a struggle. Every mouth can't be muzzled. Every word can't be mumbled. And you can't knock my hustle. The blood spilled on these curves is absurd. It's absurd. The cries from the people are being unheard. Is that I won't make it to tomorrow. The life I'm living is borrowed. Not giving a thing but sorrow. I'm in a gunfight with a bow and arrow. Is supremacy really important? They ban abortions. Continue extortion just to seek fortune. This has my mind distorted. You planted cocaine around me for me to snort it and attempt that new world order. I'm black. I'm Rapping, I play ball, my pants sag and I appear mad when I walk through halls. I use slang and I got an accent when I talk. Every now and then, I tend to grab my dick and balls. Watermelon, fried chicken, my nigga, I eat it all. Gold chains, clean whips, and Jordans, I got them all. But what's the point that I'm trying to make? Even though I got these traits, you don't got the right to discriminate. Cause you don't know what I've been through. Can't survive what I live through. The tears wiped up with tissue. They say that race ain't an issue. Labeled a threat because of my complexion. Harassed, beaten, arrested because of gold around my neck, man. They say the pen is mightier than the sword. Then bullets flew and put those men on the floor. Judicial hypocrites, this they can't admit. Cause murder is murder, race don't make it any different. If they murder me today, they feel like that's okay. They can shoot me in the face while this song being played. Now if he 
kill is equal that's an automatic sentence meanwhile they kill me and that's a death my people gotta deal with that's how it is for us here in america they speaking of equality but thinking they superior black lives matter and i can't stress it no more the police using excessive force and kicking doors every is to walk the campus i'm sure he be very pleased i'm huey newton no violence because my death would come with ease they murdered jfk mlk and malcolm x marcus garvey is there so who's gonna be the voice next bobby seal had to kneel or he be shot too claim the thug life then gang bang and kill pop too all of my rule models are deceased or being sensitive cause in a world full of snakes we still controlled by master splinter this nation wants to see my annihilation but i won't let the races determine my fate cause i'm destined for greatness label the riot won't be stand up Cause y'all don't understand why we marching with our hands up. Freedom and justice for all is what we want. But it appears that the pledge was written in a different form. They say the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Pox said the darker the flesh, the deeper the roots. I say more colorful pigment, the more misleading the truth. I hit the booth with hopes that I inspire the youth. I'm here to end the mental pollution, the revolution. I create will lead to evolution, possibly solutions. Cause February's just an illusion. They lying like loose. They wanna abuse us cause they confusion leads to confusion. Solutions and lacerations. Free my brothers that's incarcerated. Off possession, discriminated. Doing years like they were raping. And at this point, I'm fearing for my children. But I'm also fearing for my women. Cause they ain't protected. And they ain't respected. And that's some bullshit. Loading up a full clip. Cause I can't take no more of this. Some do the things they do only to remain relevant. Some people lack intelligence. Others just for the hell of it. Lives matter, yes, I know. Ain't gotta tell us this. But black excellence being killed, and that's some sketchy shit. Yeah. In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root, we have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Who taught you to hate your own kind? Now, if that doesn't get you ready for Black History Month, <laughs> I really don't know what will. Um, shout out to my boy Nate for that. Uh, there's not even too much that can be said about that type of introspection and that type of reflection about you know the realities of what we go through as young African Americans. But 
you know, keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep creating. Happy Black History Month, you know, everyone that's listening. Our book for next week is going to be Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. Fun book. Um, I, be I began reading it maybe like two or three days ago, and so far I can say I don't know where it's going, and I'm intrigued to find out. So I'll have that for you next episode. But until then, it's been the Composition Podcast, episode three. I am Dermaine, and until next time, yo.